Well, week six in the books. We've got the usual stuff for you. Uh, look at the last week's games, some news, injury updates, and look into next week. We've got the waiver pickups and projection beaters. We had a question in the inbox, and Lou's managed to turn it into a 20-minute segment of Al and I making daft noises. And as always, we've got some enticing assorted nuggets, such as some in-depth marine biology talk and a dubious Sherlock Holmes joke. I'm Alex Sharples. I'm here with Alex and Lewis Brindle. This is In the Pocket, Across the Pond. Lads, that's week six done. Um, uh, there's only really one place to start, and it is no more undefeated teams. Um, mm. We had the 49ers and the Eagles both being taken down by backup quarterbacks. I will note as well the Bills almost did as well. Um, talk to me about these games. We'll start with the 49ers, Browns, Al. Um Maybe all of that um, shade that maybe just I was throwing to the Browns defence last week and the week before. Um, maybe I'm an idiot because, yeah, it looked like a really hard place to play. I mean, it sounded loud. It mm. sounded really loud. The, um, I'm a huge Brock Purdy fan. He didn't have the greatest game ever. However, saying that, um, we can't ignore the fact that Brock Purdy did drive his team down the field uh, and gave them an opportunity to win this game. And the rookie kicker misses his second kick of the day, which, you know, not great stuff. I mean, it, it was a really good game, to be honest. Hard luck with the for, for the 49ers with McCaffrey and Debo Samuel um, going out. However, if that's me, I'm hyper-targeting George Kittle. I don't know about you, Sharples, but... If, if I lose Samuel and McCaffrey and we're in the fourth quarter and we need to drive to get a touchdown or a field goal to win, I'm hyper-targeting George Kittle. You, you saw it happen the week before with Kittle getting three touchdowns and Kittle went missing in this game. I'm not sure what the crack was there. But, I mean, really good result for the Browns. Really good team effort. Um, the Mario Cooper with an amazing catch on the sideline. We watched this together, didn't we? Mm, um, we did. Yeah, I I would have brought Kittle more into the game. I'm not sure. Well, I mean Kittle, Kittle, or even Ayuk. I mean, I do think Kittle will be the number one. I mean, I suppose it's hard to game plan for when not only your best offensive player, but arguably your second best one goes off as well. Uh, obviously, credit to the to the Browns, but I just I just think the the uh, Niners' offense was just disrupted a bit too much. But you'd think at this level with with what an amazing coach Carl Shanahan is, they could have adjusted to it. And like you say, at the end of the day, if, if I was a Niners fan, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, not the best game from Purdy, but with his two best weapons gone, he drove them up there and, you know, Ray Finkel comes on and misses it. There's not an awful lot you can do about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still think Brock Purdy is, is, is playing in a way and doing things that um, not many quarterbacks in the league. I'm, I'm a huge, huge Brock Purdy fan. Um I still think he's doing things that not many quarterbacks in the league are doing. Um, and maybe, yeah, we just chalk this one off to the Browns' defence. Possibly yeah. legit, maybe um, maybe that's... Uh, maybe, um, what's he called? What, what's the head coach called at the Browns? Stefanski. Stefanski. Maybe Stefanski's seat 
is cooling down a hell of a lot compared to what I thought it was like at the start of the season. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this mm, is yeah. from what I believe. I think I read somewhere this is Purdy's first NFL regular season loss, his first in fifteen. Yeah, so I think we can cut him a bit of slack on that one. He's fifteen and one. He's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's crap now. So, um, I mean, let's move on to the Eagles' loss to the Jets, yeah. which. I feel was a little bit more convincing than the 49ers loss. Um does make you you know painfully wonder what the Jets would look like with Rodgers under center. Um Well, we just got to wait till week 16, Lou. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um yeah, I mean, this was this was a sort of masterclass by the the Jets defense, you know, Jalen Hurts who was fine for fantasy. Um you know, this is where you see the discrepancy sometimes because Jalen Hurts, I think he was fourth quarterback overall on the week, 19, 20 points or something like that. He had a bad game. You know, three interceptions, including yeah. one on the final offensive play where they needed like eight yards for a first down. There was a minute and a bit left and he's trying to force it down the field to Devonta Smith on a really poor choice throw. Yeah. Um but that's what this defense can do to you, Sharples, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's 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 kept them close and won them, you know, a couple of games uh, so far. Um, I just don't know, don't know what to make of this Jets team. Every time I write them off and say, yeah, let's just tank for the draft, they seem to either pull out a a big win like this, or you know, I know they lost against the Chiefs, but it was it was a good performance. And then suddenly you think, all right, yeah, they can be okay. And then they'll they'll go and put on a a pitiful display like they've done a couple of times a season as well. It's, mm. Don't know what to get, and I think it all stems from the probably the inconsistency at quarterback with Zach Wilson. Is he gonna, you know, be the guy who made that crossbody throw for fifty yards, or is he gonna give up three interceptions? You, you know, you just don't know. Um, yeah, maybe they can kick, kick on from this. I think similar, similar for the Eagles. Although I think it was probably a worse defeat for the Eagles than it was for the for the Niners. I think the Niners probably take more positives away. You know, chalk it down. You had to lose at some point. At least they don't have it hanging over them now. All the pressure of will they go seventeen and all whatever, go out there, relax a bit more and have a bit of fun in the red zone. Hmm. It's true. Yeah, I wonder if um with some of these teams that are surprising us this season are putting on good performances, I wonder if there's like maybe a changing of the guard or a, a kind of shift in the tide or whichever expression would fit the best. In terms of, you know, we we've had over the past what, seven, eight years Seven years, I suppose, the Sean McVay effect, I believe it's called, where um, teams hire uh, young, offensive-minded head coaches, and that was the trend for a while. Um, now, and uh, albeit Robert Sala isn't super young, but I mean, I'm looking at Sala, I'm looking at D'Amico Ryans at the Texans, I'm looking at um, the cringe bag at the Cardinals, uh, hmm. Jonathan Gannon, and the Cardinals haven't got a great record, but everyone... Everyone is saying that the Cardinals, you know, the the, the playing tough. Um, so maybe the changing in in that sense, in terms of this idea that you can actually just bring in a really talented coach mm. and he's going to improve at least one side of the ball. Um, but saying that, you've also got Mike McDaniel um, putting up a billion points for them for Miami. So maybe I'm wrong on that sense. But I mean, yeah, defense winning games this weekend, I suppose. Also interesting to see the Denver Broncos doing the opposite of all that. Was it the Broncos who brought back Rex Ryan as the defensive coordinator this week? No, they they brought well well the the I thought their defensive coordinator was Vance Joseph, 
who I'm sure I'm sure someone's brought him in. I mean, he was, he was really Rex funny with Ryan. Jets, like one of the best hard knocks moments where they're talking about let's go right, get a snack. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure someone's hired Rex yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, if I'm on defense and I look to the side to my defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, and it looks like he's trying to, you know, he's he's got the uh, he's got his iPad the 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 iPad thing out trying to look at the previous play and it yeah. looks at like, you know, I don't know, a caveman discovering fire for the first time. Like this guy just does not, he just looks like he can't use this device. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh no. And because mm. that's a weird one anyway, because Vance Joseph was the Denver Broncos um, head coach. I mean, Vance Joseph, hell of a lot of um, pedigree in terms of being a defensive coach. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not doing a great deal at the minute. I'm just it was the Broncos, yeah. There is speculation yeah. on the Pat McAfee show, so my bad. He's not. So he's not nothing. Been so absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Nothing then. Um, moving on to the Giants as well. Uh, Giants could have beaten the Bills in this game. The Bills could have been another one of those teams that we're talking about getting beaten by a by a, a backup quarterback. Um, yeah, it could make a lot of arguments that the Giants should have won um, as well. I mean. Tyra Taylor in at quarterback, accurate, got the ball out quick, just poor game management by the Giants in that one. Um, Bills hung on by the skin of the teeth, which I feel like we've I feel like we've said that before. Feel like we've said that before. It's deja vu every year. The Bills what the Bills do every year is they have a big win and they convince everyone that they're going to the Super Bowl, then they'll have about two or three pretty bad performances but they might only lose about one of those games and then they'll win really big and everyone will be high on them again and then they'll be average again uh, and this is why they always get knocked out of the postseason because they only have one big game in them out of about three or four I'm not I'm not, I don't know how this Bills team is any different than they've been for the past four years personally yeah yeah it's the same script isn't it yeah every single year with the Bills so they'll you know good team but sort of a bit predictable in that aspect. Uh, elsewhere, Jaguars had a nice win, but still not quite the team I thought they would be. Like it looks good on paper, but the Colts sort of handed them this win with turnovers. Um, the London game always as boring as ever um, with the Ravens winning. Any other games that you guys want to just have a quick chat about? Shout out. Um, not the not the um, yeah. Team. Oh, sorry, Al. Go on, go on. You go, you, you, you go. Shout out Thank to you, you my friend. Uh, I was going to say, not the not the toughest opponent, not as impressive as beating a, an Eagles or a Niners, but I just thought the Lions uh, keeping the momentum going, beating the Buccaneers, they, they look like they're for real. Uh, they look like they're going to run away with that mm. division. Uh, and it's just nice to see a, a bit of consistency because I think they were the, they were the feel-good team last year but couldn't ever really put it together. They've certainly put it together now. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's keep it going mm. in Detroit. Yeah, I liked how the Dolphins gave the Panthers a 14-point head start before they started playing. Um, And quick shout-out to Bengals, Seahawks and Birds, Vikings. Two of the maybe worst, maybe most nothing games of football I've ever seen, especially Mm. that Vikings-Birds one. Mm. That was a bad game. Yeah, true, true. I've got to echo sharp the sentiments. I think this Lions team looks really good. Five and one. I don't know if you saw the footage of Dan Campbell getting uh, getting five bucks out of his pocket at the end in the in the locker room after the win. Um, don't know why, just you know, five 
five books, five wins. Uh, they did beat the books, so maybe maybe something to do with that. Right. Um, there's I just like there's I, a pun in there. There's something in that. There is something in that. Um, but we'll leave it to Dan Campbell. Um, let's just get into these little categories of ours first, though. Um, impressive victory this week, Sharples. Um, I thought this was a tough one, actually. I, I mean, there was a, a couple of big performances, but I don't think there's anything massively stand out. So I felt like I had to go for one of the two teams that that beat the uh, previously undefeated team. So and I thought the Jets was a more impressive win than the Browns. So I went with the Jets. Mm. Al? Uh, I went with the Lions. Lions. Like you were talking to, their offence looks great, the dynamic. Uh, as I heard on a YouTube video, the popping guys open, uh, <laughs> left, right and centre. Uh, that was from a, a great YouTube video uh, by JT O'Sullivan at uh, QB School. Check out, really good channel, kind of in-depth videos about quarterbacks and the performances. Uh, really good one on Jared Goff so far, is the first one from this past weekend of games. Uh, and yeah, the offence is... It, 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 it's uh, it's live at the minute. Let's say it's uh, they look really good because that's a game that the Lions lose in previous years. That's mm. a banana skin. The Buccaneers are no slouch. Uh, so yeah, Lions. Mm. I also went with the Jets um, as I mentioned before. Just a bit, bit more convincing than the Forty ers loss against the Browns. The Jets just sort of um, dominated this game on defense. So I was impressed to the point where it's like, yeah, the, the, this Jets team could make the playoffs. Um, even with Zach Wilson at quarterback, which which is scary for when they do actually have a quarterback who can function yeah. as the quarterback. Not buying it, Win Sharples. Uh, I had to go for the Bengals. I mean, not only, as Al said, it was unconvincing in just that match, but they've just been like this all season, and I keep waiting for the moment when they explode. And yeah, I know obviously Jamar Chase got his 50-piece last week, but the offense still is not there. And when, when they've got some of those pieces, you know, the, the Mixons, the Higgins... Even Tyler Boyd caught a few passes. Like they're all there. Let's use them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they've won. But I just still, I still don't see where this momentum's going to come from. I think they just need to get themselves yeah. to the end of the season and do a bit of a reset over the summer. Yeah. Mm. Al, yeah. uh, I'm going to go Vikings for the exact same reasons. To be honest with you, um, just completely unconvinced. I'm not sure where this team goes. But yeah, I mean, just quickly on the Bengals on the Bengals game. Um, Next week on our kind of uh, mid-season review, it's going to be interesting to talk about the most disappointed teams because the Bengals are there, but you know who are right there with them? The Seahawks, who the Bengals beat. What's mm. going on there? It's super disappointed. I think I feel like the Seahawks have been a low-key disappointing team this year. Mm. Um, really disappointed with them, but we'll get into it next week, sorry. But uh, not buying it when Vikings. Yeah, I also went the Vikings. Um, yeah. This Vikings team made pretty hard work of an awful burst defence and an undrafted rookie quarterback who came in for Justin Fields. So, you know, I mean, I think I mentioned it um, maybe when we were watching Red Zone together that Kirk Cousins, to me, like, they're saying he's not being traded, but, you know, this team needs a reset, really. They've got Justin Jefferson. Let's reset while Jefferson is still well in his prime, got a lot of years left. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback who can still do good things for teams. You know, the Steelers, the Falcons, just two teams that are exponentially better with Cousins on the roster. Um, just something to think about. But yeah, this, this empty win, really. This Vikings team isn't mm-hmm. doing anything. Worst team, Sharples. Um Yeah, I mean, these guys were already uh, circling the drain, but with 
Tannehill going off injured just looked like they don't even know if they're going to score any more points this season. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee. Ooh. Okay. Oh, is it? Is it what I've got written down here? Is it the Patriots? The pa- Okay. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Could I think be. It might be. Could be. Mac um, Jones. Uh, just side note again. Mac Jones. Um, referring back to the QB school uh, YouTube channel. Some really good analysis on just how unpolished Mac Jones looks now, and that mm. was kind of the big thing about Mac Jones coming out of college. The 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 kind of NFL readiness, the footwork, and he, he's just he's all over the place. Yeah. Maybe they ruined him. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, um, potentially. I mean, I wrote two names down. One of them's already been said. I won't tell you which. So I'll go for the other one, which no one said. And I'll say the Broncos, just for a bit of fun, because I think that the Broncos. Uh, the funniest team um, to have as your worst team in the league. Like the Patriots is, is like, that feels good because it's like, wow, it's the Patriots. But the Broncos are hilariously bad. They want to lose though, don't they? Yeah, true. Um, but let's get into some of the best players on the week. Um, I will say there was a lot of fine performances mm. this week, an awful lot of... 10 to 15 point games really you know I mean quarterback Dak Prescott was the number one quarterback on the week with 24 points lads you know I you know I'm, and we, we don't know embarrass him on this podcast but um, I feel like the, there might be a certain head coach of the Dallas Cowboys that's an avid listener because we did mention last week about Prescott needing to use his legs a little more mm-hmm. uh, so uh, Mike you're welcome Welcome in. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome in, Mike. Um, you know, Lamar, we had Lamar Jackson listening to us in week one, obviously. Um, listen, it's all right. they find an under the radar podcast, which is ours for now. They find an under the radar which, podcast for now. Say, That's not under the radar enough. Yeah. And then yeah. they look for us. Yeah. And then they're like, let's see what these guys have to say. Um, and they. They obviously they find the excellent analysis, the funny banter, um, and they learn from it, which is what Mike McCarthy did this I bet, week. I bet Mike which McCarthy is, can do a banging Jamie Carragher impression now. Yeah, yeah. I bet he can. I that bet. bit was cut off when you saw them in the locker room after the win. That bit it, yeah. it got yeah. cut off of the video. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the best players on the week, uh, quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott, number one, Tua, two, Jared Goff, uh, Jalen Hurts, Sam Howell as well had a had a nice game. Um, Just shows you how overpowered the rushing is that Hurts is up there. It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. As I said, Hurts with three interceptions and still one of the better quarterbacks on the week. Running back Raheem Mostert, Travis Etienne, uh, Karen Williams had another good week. Karen, Karen, um, Brees Hall, Derek Henry might have been the first time we've we've said Derek Henry's name in in one of these mm. sections. Wide receiver Amon Rasent, Brown, Adam Thielen. That's getting boring now. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen. And then tight end, Travis Kelsey, of course. Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, um, which is crazy. Um, you oh, know, I'll talk about that a little you bit. You know, both both Falcons, yeah. tight ends next to each other, having a nice game. And then Mayer, the rookie um, for... The, the rookie for Las Vegas as well. Um, any any words on any of these players, Al? Yeah, Keenan Allen's just automatic. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for everyone, myself included, who went to bed last night um, with a with a slight fantasy lead, but they were playing against uh, 
Keenan Allen because yeah, like I said, the guy's just points points galore. Mm. Um, so I never really had any hope, uh, but it well and truly shattered when I woke up to see his uh, points. What a great player! Chapels, mm. uh, I actually don't this week. I think, like you said, I mean, normally I do a quick scan and I'll see massive numbers popping off and I'll make a note of them. But to be fair, I think there was a lot of good performances, just not too many amazing ones. So mm. nothing really caught my eye this week, to be fair. Yeah, true. A lot of yeah, a lot of fine performances. But there was some poor performances as well. I'll just list some of these players here. Devonte Adams, Brock Purdy, as we mentioned. Puka, Puka Nakua um, had sort of his first down game of his career. Um, yeah, which is shocking to say. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, uh, which is just... Yeah, eight targets as well on this one. Very frustrating. The, the, this this Jaguars team wants to include Christian Kirk. They do, and Christian Kirk, thing. because Christian Kirk is a great wide receiver, obviously. T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, hilariously had an awful game. Um, yeah, the, the, the Steve Smith thing was great mm, before the game. Yeah, you know, Jerry Judy, like... I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a good wide receiver in the league, but like less chatter until you've actually done something. I'd say really, and not like. Too. And when I say when I say yeah, when I say something, I don't mean string together three good games at the end of a season when your team is you know in the pan. Um, yeah. yeah. When and I when I first saw that headline about like Steve Smith and Jerry Judy having words of each other, I was thinking, what what what's going on? You never see Jerry Judy turning up to the ashes. And kind yeah. of, uh, you know, sledging Steve Smith. And then I realised that it was a different Steve different Smith. Steve Smith. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Cheeky Gabe wasn't so cheeky yeah. this week. Um, or was, depending yeah. on which way you want to see it. Can we just mention on Higgins, uh, hopefully if you play fantasy last year, you didn't play T Higgins anyway, like I didn't everywhere have him because we had this last year. T Higgins gets injured or it comes into the week questionable and does nothing in the game. Mm. So you, you, people yeah. uh, with their heads screwed on were, were benching T Higgins last week. Of course, yeah, of course. Um, but as we say, overall, it was a fairly sort of middling week, both in terms of busts and sort of breakout players in that like everyone sort of gathered up in that middle section like no one really blew up apart from Raheem Mostert and no one completely goosed that much really but let's move on and have a look how our projection beaters from last week third with the spreadsheet Al Uh, I had a nice week um for half of the articles, as we're saying, Prescott and Mostert ones at the position this week. We knew Mostert was a smash play. Uh, Addison, are we tweaking our expectations of Jordan Addison in relation to how well this Vikings offense is performing, lads? Because I thought he would just come in there and, like I said last week, not get Jefferson production, but get Jefferson usage. Maybe Jefferson usage for Addison equates to about 12 fantasy points a week. Is that what we're thinking? <clears throat> I think so. I think yeah. I think he's just a different wide receiver to Justin Jefferson. Obviously, no, no one's Justin Jefferson, but the wide receiver type as well, I think he's you know just a bit different, really. Yeah, yeah and of course, Cole Komet had two really good games, so he got a 2.9 and a miss. Um, Shackles, I mean, you, the middling performances at the start of the season are, are being shown in our, I suppose, in our projection beaters. Stafford, Madison, and Lamb with Lamb especially with a nice game. It wasn't quite a hit though, but Logan Thomas, it just goes to show the tight end is just awful to 
to project week in, week out. And Lou, you had a rough week. Geno Smith oh, yeah. miss, James mm-hmm. Cook miss. Metcalf, we were watching this together. It, it's super frustrating watching Metcalf week in, week out. Uh, but he wasn't a miss. He had an okay game. And Cade Orton, uh, again, going to show why tight ends should be banned from fantasy. Agreed. Agreed. We, we did miss over a section just then. Forgive me for doing it. Obviously, heading to the booth. We skipped over that just because, as I said last week, it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Belichick's heading to the booth, so it's a bit of a moo point heading to the booth, really, I feel. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I came up with this fun kind of uh, segment to start the year, heading to the booth, you know, who's going to be in the commentary booth. See Matt Ryan there pretending he's loving it when really he wants to be out on the field. Yeah. Uh, Belichick's just ruined my new segment because uh, it's going to be him every week. So, Agreed. Thanks, Bill. Agreed. Thought we had something fun there. <laughs> um, but let's get into some injury news because, you know, it was bad last week. He hasn't gotten any better this week. Um, we'll start off with the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey left the game in the third quarter, oblique and rib injuries, uh, set to have an MRI to determine if he's going to miss any time. But I'd say probably prepare for Christian McCaffrey to at least miss this week. Debo Samuel was also ruled out of that game uh, with a with a shoulder injury. X-rays are negative. He's considered day-to-day, but again, questionable for this week. Justin Fields uh, exited in the third quarter, dislocated his thumb and his throwing hand Obviously and couldn't, yeah, couldn't, grip, couldn't grip the ball, um, which isn't great when you're throwing the ball. Uh, and he's doubtful to play this coming week. Trevor Lawrence as well. This one was a... This one was a bit out of nowhere, to be honest, because there was no need for it. They were they were blowing out the Colts, but he ended up leaving the game right near the end in the fourth quarter of a knee injury. He's considered day-to-day, but what's tricky is the the Jaguars play on Thursday night football. So they're expecting him to play, but monitor it because he, he could be limited in this game, which sort of could put a cap on any of these receiving options. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo exited in the second quarter in the Las Vegas game with a low back injury. He was actually taken to hospital for this. Um, they're saying it's not as bad as they thought it would be, saying it was fine, but again, expect Jimmy Garoppolo to miss some time, so Devontae Adams, um, Jacoby Myers might take a hit there. Uh, Karen Williams, uh, sprained ankle. Again, this was another one which just came about at the end of the game. No reason to, because uh, the Rams had this game won, and now he's he's got a sprained ankle and he's going to miss at least this coming week. Uh, yeah, David Montgomery as well exited in the second quarter with a rib injury. Uh, Lions coach Dan Campbell says he will be out a little bit, whatever that what means. What does that mean? Exactly. Um, Damien Harris, I just think this is you know worth mentioning, um, running back for the Bills, stretched off in Sunday night football after sustaining an Ecker injury, taken mm-hmm. to hospital, but... Thankfully, showing movement in all extremities, all that sort of stuff. He's back at home recovering. Turns out it was a neck sprain. He's also been evaluated for a concussion, but undetermined how long he will be out in that backfield. Um, But in the same game, Josh Allen exited briefly with a suspected head injury, then came back in, and then after the game was being evaluated for a right shoulder injury. So he's considered day-to-day, so just monitor that one. Oh, and Ryan Tannehill exited with a third quarter of an ankle injury on crutches in the sideline. We now know it's a high ankle sprain, similar to what he did last year, which kept him out all that time. He, you know, he had to play through it. So 
not great for this Titans team and not great for fantasy, really. All those mm. all those injuries. Do we, did you did you say the injury update that the Colts owner gave a few hours and, ago? Yeah, that's it. I, and Colts owner Jim Irsay, um suspecting that Andy Richardson may perhaps might presumably <laughs> uh, per, uh, could get season-ending surgery on his shoulder. Why would he say, why would he say he could be out for the season if he wasn't? Mm-hmm. Is all I'm thinking. So yeah, Andy Richardson might be done for the year, which is good. But um, yeah. obviously, that organization wanted to shore up the their uh, long term prospect in Richardson. They've seen what they need to see from him. Just a shame that it's happened as it is. Yeah. Um, but moving on, lads. This week, I just wanted to. Um, well, this was suggested um, in the emails this past week. By Rob, our only emailer. Hey, um, he's back again, and um, we actually missed this last week. And he was so talking specifically crazy. about week five. But I thought it was fun to spin into an actual segment. He was he asked us who we think our biggest surprises and disappointments are um, yeah. on the season so far. So I thought it'd be fun for you guys to just to react to some players. I got some running backs, wide receivers, uh, quarterbacks, and tight ends here. It was like make a noise. Uh, Yes, please. Right, so I'm going to talk about, first and foremost, some running backs who were surprised at. I'm, I'm going to tell you where they are position-wise um, in terms of the rankings right now and where their ADP was. And I want just, just a little noise, maybe, and then we can get into more detailed analysis, but the noise is more important here. So Raheem Mostert, drafted as the running back 41, is the running back 2. Al? Mm-hmm. Sharples. Okay. Two different noises there. Uh, Al. Well, I mean, I don't know if I said it this past off-season, but I've definitely said it on the podcast, on her in the past. All Raheem Mostert does is uh, get put into crowded running back rooms and win the starting role. That's all Raheem Mostert seems to do. Mm. So he was always going to be a draft bargain. Um, obviously, the air chan injury helps him out. Um, he's lightning as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... Um, if you were to say at the start of the season, oh, you're going to draft Raheem Mostert in the, at the end of the draft, but you're going to be playing him every week come week three, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not that surprised by that, actually, because that's happened before. Okay, fair enough in Sharples. No, I mean, I thought it was going into a, a four-man... Uh, timeshare really obviously didn't know much about Achan uh, I think you're underplaying the Achan injury a little bit there Al I think if he was still around uh, there'd be a bit more of a cap most it was still yeah. good most it was still good with Achan in there yeah you know he was he was but uh, like literally now you know he, he might actually finish as a running back one at this point uh, if he keeps going the way he does um, so yeah no I, I definitely I didn't expect this one I thought it was going to be committee I thought it was going to be three-headed monster type thing uh, so yeah, fair play Raheem, and I do remember you saying saying that about the uh, that's what he does. Also, yeah, I've, I've got the receipt on that one for you. Good, 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 good. Thank you. And uh, I mean, and just on these players, like, just do we think this is sustainable? Yeah, Sharples for for most of it now, yeah, particularly now that uh, especially okay. now that Achan's gone. I mean, they look like the best offense. He's the the lead running back by far in it. So yeah, there's no reason that he's going to slow down. Okay. Um, 
Karen Williams drafted as the running back 81. Um, the running back four, Sharples a noise. Who's that? <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, that was an owl. And uh, explain, you know, is this sustainable again for, for Karen? Nah. No? Who is he? <laughs> so, I don't think so. I'm not super excited about Karen. No. Rest of season slash dynasty. Okay. Sharples. I think I think he'll finish as a top ten back. Um again. Top 10. Oh. Yeah. Disagree. No? Alright, well Disagree. I mean, obviously I'll bet see. you on that. Okay. I'm I'm pretty confident. <laughs> top ten I, mean, I know running back scoring's been down, but top ten's rich for a guy that is has come out of nowhere and that he's going to miss at least one week. Mm. All right, well, injury injury dependent. No, In, no, no. Which I was about to say before... You, the you, the, before the you listeners can hear footsteps you. and that's Alex Sharples backtracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, um, if, it's I, one week, I, I, if he misses a week, I still think he'll be top 10, put it that way. Okay. Uh, listen, I, right that I, I seem to favour with Sharples here because we're a third of the way into the season and he's the running back four and he's the clear leader in this backfield to the point where now he's out, you don't really know who to pick up because he's been the guy. So, yeah, in, interesting one. Um, this one is even more interesting, actually. Zach, Zachary Moss, um, drafted as the running back 67. He's the running back five. Is is this all done? No Taylor's back. Give me give me a noise on Zach Marcel. See ya. <laughs> okay. It's not really. A noise. Uh, no, but, I know Chapels noise. <laughs> That's better. Couldn't think. Not of a word. Couldn't more of a noise. <laughs> he yeah. said a word last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I'm getting from both of you that you think he's he's done. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it's been the one of the kind of amazing uh, kind of character arcs of the NFL over the past few years um, the Zach Moss kind of uh, rise to power if you will uh, but they just paid Jonathan Taylor um, a truckload of money so mm, true true yeah I mean I'm, I'm in the strange uh, position where I drafted Jonathan Taylor uh, in the 10th uh, had him sat on my IR and I picked up Zach Moss in week one or maybe week two off the waivers so I've had oh, yeah. had the benefit of, of Zach Moss and he has been fantastic um, but it, it's got to drop off I mean I still think for this this next week I think you could play them both because they both combined for about 30 points this week but they've just paid Taylor unless he gets out again unless he gets injured I, I just don't see any way in which the workload for Taylor doesn't start slowly increasing and therefore slowly decreases for Moss so it's been fun mm-hmm. Zach it's been great I bloody love you Zach but no. Yeah, I agree. Um, which is a shame because running back five after six weeks is no small feat. Um, and then one more. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. Drafted as a running back 29. He's the running back 13. Um, with sort of minimal uh, competition at his position. Um, a little noise on Pacheco, guys? Shapples. <laughs> Again, two, mine's more two of an, very see, mine, different noises. Mine's more of an acknowledgement of like how much he looks like Jack from Jack and Daxter in Jack and Daxter 2. I didn't play Jack and Daxter. Okay, no. So it's um, not an acknowledgement about how much he looks like Jack from Jack and Daxter 2. Google okay. it. I'll Google it. 
Um, it mine's more of a you know he's I don't think he's a particularly flashy running back, but it's more of a oh an acknowledgement that he's the guy in Kansas City now. They're not really doing anything with Jerry McKinnon at the moment yeah. or Clyde edwards alert and it's like oh well maybe they're just gonna have Pacheco as the kind of complimentary running back for hopefully what what a really good offence that kind of gets out of this little slump that they're in at the minute. Very optimistic. Sharples wasn't as optimistic. No, I just think, you know, fair play to him, he's doing all right. But I just think for for a long time now, this chief running back room has just been a dead zone. And, you know, just when you start to think you're getting a bit of momentum with someone, they'll just drop off or, you know, they'll get injured or something. So, yeah, you know, fair play to him. Uh, but we've seen it We've seen it with Clyde. We thought we were going to see it with McKinnon. Yeah. And now we're seeing a bit with Pacheco. That you know, the truth is, unless you're Travis Kelsey, there's no guarantee so you, you're getting the so ball. So you don't think running... Term. You don't think running back thirteen is sustainable for Pacheco? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, yeah, okay. I don't think he's going to break the top ten. Put it that way. You know, maybe he'll okay. sit there at thirteen, but yeah. I, I, I think top twenty is more his wheelhouse. Of course, of course. Now, a couple of disappointments at um, running back. These noises are going to be key. These noises are going to be interesting. Najee Harris. Drafted as the running back nine, he's currently the running back forty-five. Al, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, smug, Sharples. <clears throat> mm. Yes, 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 yes. I'm a big Najee Harris fan, but this isn't surprising anyone, is it? No. No, I mean the fact that he's doing this poor might be surprising. Sharples, what do you? I'm reckon? surprised. I'm surprised. Uh, I thought he was going to be, you know, what, what was he going third round? I thought he was going to be your. Uh, Stable RB two to go alongside your, you know, your big RB one. Um, for example, when I picked up McCaffrey, I was definitely looking at um, Harris in that sort of second, third turn. I thought it'd be, you know, maybe not the high heights, but sort of between, you know, fifteen points a game, that type of thing. Just, just been nothing. Like no booms, Absolutely, all busts, yeah. no, no consistent points. I mean, Jalen Warren, who you probably went undrafted, has been the, the much better in that backfield. So. Yeah, no, complete flop, complete flop. Certainly, yeah, agree with that. Can he turn it round, or is this Harris? I think this might be him. I I got offered a trade, I mean, it was a terrible trade, it was very cheeky, but someone offered me Najee Harris, and I just, no, like, why why would I want him? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely not, yeah, true. Um, And then, Miles Sanders as well, uh, ADP running back 19. So in and amongst that running back two, running back three, flex sort of region, he's the running back 33. Um, he's been poor, really. You know, noise on noise on Sanders. Chapel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a, not a Sanders fan, Chapel. You boys remember my first season. I'd done all my prep. I'd listened to the podcast. I was assured yeah. that Miles Sanders in the second or third round, I, can't, I think it was second round, would be an absolute smash player. Um, and he was terrible. And ever since then, <laughs> he's always been terrible. And people were getting the yeah. hopes of, oh, he's going to be the feature back in, in Carolina. Oh, great. So a not very good offense with a not very good player. That's going to be great. And he's been rubbish. <laughs> he is rubbish. Yeah. yeah, that that you drafting him was off the back of um, him knocking me out of the fantasy playoffs with like the best game of his whole career, which yeah. I've never forgiven him for either. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. Uh, we'll move on to wide receivers. I will say, lads, 
There's 10 players left to talk about yet, so just think about more noises. Um, <laughs> well, can we group them? Can we group them? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, why receiver surprises? Ooh. Uh, Adam Thielen, drafted as a wide receiver, 50, um, going with his age. Um, but now the wide receiver, three on the season. That, that'll do, Al. Ooh, uh, Sharples. Um, we've just got like a, a cash register sound effect that we can just go cha-ching. Cha-ching. Yeah, there yeah. you go. We'll just use your voice. That was perfect, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think that, I think that was uh, better than, a, than an actual cash register. Yeah, Adam Thielen. What can you say about the man? 13th round. I snatched him up in. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, far better than I thought he'd be. I thought he might. This guy acting like he invented Adam Thielen. Yeah. yeah. No, no. You've got to I be thought, pretty old to have invented Adam Thielen. Sort of touchdown dependent. I thought he'd, he'd probably be the best receiver in that team, but I wasn't saying much. But no, all the yeah. targets, all the touchdowns, garbage time, regular time, who cares? Very happy I drafted Adam Thielen. And is he going to sustain this L? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I know you think so, Shapples. Uh, a bit more of an interesting one in terms of if he's going to sustain where he's at. Puka Nakua. Um, ADP wide receiver 101, I mean, that means nothing because he wasn't drafted at yeah. all. You know, it says wide receiver 101, but no. Consider that undrafted. And he's the wide receiver six. Yeah. Um, do we see him? I mean, I don't think any of us see him being the wide receiver six, but give me a noise as to sort of, is he going to be a wide receiver one, Al? Nah. Sharples? Nah. No. Why? Why is he not going to be a wide receiver one? My voice cracked then. Because um, Cooper Cup's back. Yeah. Because Cooper Cup's a, a miles better. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that there's going to be two wide receiver ones on that team. But Sharples, I mean, go on. What do you, yeah, you no, reckon on the coup the rest of season? Cooper Cup's going to come back and be a black hole of targets, you'd imagine. Uh, Stafford yeah. loves him. He loves Stafford. Um yeah, no, Naku has been really good, but he's, he's flourished in a, in a cupless environment. Uh, you know, let's see it after a few weeks. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, um, but that Rams offense isn't, it's not like a juggernaut like Miami. You know, I don't think there's quite enough room to support two wide receiver ones. And I think it'll be uh, Puka that makes way for, for Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I, I, I also heard that Puka Nakua only has mugs in his house. To, to to keep his house a coupleless zone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying he's, he's trying to translate that to a the A mug team. is a cup. No, shut up though. But like mugs a mug, <laughs> cups a glass. You know, you just said three different things. No, a mug's a mug, but a cup's a glass. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you say cup, you're not really looking thinking about a mug, you're thinking about like a glass, whereas if you say cup. put it in a cup, it suggests to me like mm. a glass. Glass cup. But if you ask for a cup of coffee, you'd expect it to be served in a mug, would you not? That's very yes. true. That is very true. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. hold my hands up here. The logic of that joke wasn't sound. Nico Collins next. Uh, ADP wide receiver fifty eight. He's the wide receiver eleven. Uh, little noise on on Collins. Al, can I give you a little kind of little short statement? Go on. Told you so. Told you so. I was advocating drafting Collins towards the end of the uh, the, the draft because he's a, a player that could be a wide receiver one for a team and he was going 
undrafted in fantasy drafts. So, told you so. I didn't know he was going to be this good, obviously. Mm. I'm not going to claim that. And Chapel's little noise on Collins. Mm. I mean... Ooh, not as, not as optimistic. Like, he's been good. He's been fine. But if it's not him, it's going to be Tank Dell or even Robert Woods. Like, I, I don't think he's the like flat-out one on that team. I think it's going to mix around a lot. And so, I mean, obviously, from, mm. from given his ADP, yeah, he's, he's been great. But he doesn't excite me in the way that you know some of the other names that we've talked about do. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to get into some wide receiver disappointments. Oh, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a noise for all three of these guys. Well, that's what I mean. I, I was, I was, I was going to bunch these guys together actually because I feel like we talk about these three players so much every year on this podcast. By every year, I mean this year and last year because of the only two years we've done the podcast. Um, so I'll let you do your noise, Al. I'm going to do it's, it with my voice. Yeah. It's Jalen Waddle. T. Higgins and DK Metcalf. This is all me. (coughs) Impressive, impressive pipes there, Al. Uh, Little noise on these guys, Sharples? Um, I can't actually make the noise because it's one of those, like, you know when you die and you take your very last breath, like, (laughs) that noise. You, You can't recreate it, unfortunately, but... In hopefully sort of like seventy or so years time, if if you sat on my on my uh, at my bedside, just stick t- yeah. stick a recording out because that's what you'll hear. That's the noise. But I mean, every time I check, yeah. the motley crew Excellent. of players scores each week. Yeah, yeah great. I mean, I, I'll just go through the their um their average draft position and and where they're at at the minute. Um, so you had Waddle Waddle as the um, Waddle as a wide receiver eleven. And he is currently the wide receiver 37. You had Higgins as the wide receiver 14. And he is currently the wide receiver 65. And you had DK Metcalf as the wide receiver 15. And he is currently the wide receiver 36. All pretty pretty disappointing stuff from these guys, really. The, the, the Waddle thing, it's like the Talladega Nights scene where John C. Rice character asks if they, if he can win a race and that's like Waddle asking Tyreek Hill if he if he can have a really huge fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, and uh and you know Hill's like well well how am I gonna win? Yeah then yeah. if I if if you win how am yeah, I gonna that's win? Great. You know, because Waddle he'll have his moments. He had a he had a nice fantasy day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um but he, he just like he, he he can't completely blow up because Hill has to do that every week. That's true. Every time I see Terry Kill on Red Zone, he's like jumping into the crowd because he's scored a touchdown in the same uh corner of the stadium. Yeah, that, that right <laughs> that right hand yeah, side yeah, corner. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean Sheples, these three guys, just out of these three, who do you think is most likely to turn it round and get closer to that ADP by the end of the season? Ooh, tough one. Uh, I think I think T Higgins is probably out already. I think he's missed a lot of games, and I just think the way T Higgins has only missed one game. You know, it feels I, like more. My apologies. It feels like more. Feels it does like feel more. like more, but uh, um, that that is crucial. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the way this Bengals offense is stuttering, uh, there's only enough room to support one, and that's going to be Jamar Chase. So I think he's out. Um, maybe maybe a similar story with with DK Metcalf in Seattle. I know that Geno's not been the uh, the smash player that I was hoping he'd be, 
So I think based on that, I'd probably have to go with Jalen Waddle. I mean, even though he is picking up Tyreek Hill's scraps, there's a lot of scraps to go around. It's like you know when a when like a blue whale dies and it sinks to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean and all kinds of sea creatures come out. Jalen Waddle, uh, a basking shark, maybe some jellyfish. You know, I reckon a jellyfish in that Miami Dolphins offense could probably go for fifteen. How about a penguin? How's he getting down there, mate? I don't know. You ask him, he'll waddle down there somehow. Hey. Okay, good. Uh, one one thing on T Higgins, I um, I think this kind of really stop starty inconsistent season from Higgins is kind of just like the the. It's just the script for him to then get traded at the end of the season or leave at the end of the season. I don't know what his contract situation is, um, but it's kind of you already kind of know something really special has to happen for them to keep Higgins and Chase around. And this real inconsistent season just seems like it's it's kind of it with him yeah. in Cincinnati now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I I I sort of agree. But moving on from those guys, quarterback. We've just got a couple of names here. Uh, Jared Goff was drafted as a quarterback 17 he is now the quarterback for just a weird one on this as well he's the quarterback for along with Patrick Mahomes they both have the exact same number of fantasy points um, (laughs) through six games which is 116.22 which is crazy Um, little noise on Goff I was trying to find a, a clip of Hulk Hogan saying, hell yeah, brother, because um, that's hell a bit yeah, like brother. what Dan Campbell says yeah. like as well. Shaffles? Um, I've just gone with a, huh. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Excellent. showed flashes of it last season, but I would have never thought he could put it together. I think it also helps that Patrick Mahomes hasn't been uh, great. But yeah, fair play, fair play to him. Let's keep it going. And then, you know, sort of springboarding off what we were talking about with Higgins. Um, Joe Burrow... Drafted as a quarterback five, he's currently the quarterback twenty-two. Give me a noise as to if you think he's going to turn it round, Al. Shuffles. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's basically my noise as well. Certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Hopes, yeah, a hopeful noise. Um, I think. At, I think at this point, I'm starting to check out on them already. To be honest, I just it's just not coming with any any consistency and I, I don't really know what the problem is because like I know he's a good player I know he's got good players around mm. him they're just not they're just not doing it and it's like we're in of course played six games now lads let's let's do it but they're just not so no I'm not I'm not super confident i got to be honest yeah absolutely I know I, I agree with that it's tentatively moving forward with Joe Burrow but even in a game this week where they won he wasn't a great fantasy start yeah. uh, and then tight end we'll, you know, we won't spend too long on tight end I'll be honest with you but uh, Sam Laporta rookie Sam Laporta drafted as a tight end 16 he's the tight end 2 give me a noise both of you in 3, 2, 1 uh, <laughs> uh, I assume that means cool, good. Yeah, that means it's tight end, so whatever. Whatever. And then yeah, yeah. this is just this is just one for me. I'll make the noise on this one. Darren Waller drafted as the uh, drafted as the tight end five. Some of us drafted him as the tight end two. Um, oh. He's currently the tight end eleven. Embarrassing. Hmm. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> my noise, but Darren Waller. Embarrassing uh, for you, mate. Yeah, great. But that was that section. Thanks, guys. Let's move on and talk about some wave wire pickups. Uh, who we think you should be adding? 
this week, I'll start. I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell um, running back for the San Francisco 49ers because if Christian McCaffrey is out, I think Mitchell is easily the uh, the the backup there. Um, and he should get plenty of work. Mitchell's filled in in the past. He's a decent player. So if McCaffrey's out, pick up Mitchell. He's out there in over 50% of leagues. And then also Roshan Johnson, who's also available in over 50% of leagues. Rookie running back for the uh, for the Burrs. Um, Donna Foreman came in this week. <sighs> Didn't really do much. Um, I feel like Johnson, you got to have a got to bet on the rookie. See what see what's the. Uh, I know you've spoke about him as well, Al. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd I'd be picking up Johnson as well, Al. Who your mm-hmm. waiver pickups? Uh, I'm going to go Chuba Hubbard. He's getting a bunch of work. We just talked about how bad Miles Sanders is. Uh, yeah, Hubbard had like 15, 16 carries this weekend. So mm-hmm. they might have just given him the reins. Uh, and Jameson Williams had a nice fantasy game. He's going to be incorporated into this offense. This offense is popping off, as we said. You want pieces in this Detroit Lions offense. You never know. In a month's time, we could be looking at the Detroit, Detroit Lions offense like we're looking at the Miami offense in terms of give us pieces. So uh, pick up Jameson Williams while you can, I would say. Absolutely, Sharples. And sorry, and I, the cynic in me, even though I don't want this because he's my fantasy MVP, the cynic in me says Amal Rescent Brown is an injury-prone footballer as well. So, mm. yeah. Sharples? Uh, yeah, I went for a pretty uh, obvious one, first of all. Uh, Zach Evans uh, running back for the Rams. Obviously, Karen Williams looking like he's not going to play this week. So, uh, Zach Evans appears to be next man up, although it could be a bit of a committee, but... Only rostered in 0.4% of leagues, so why not take a punt on him? Uh, and a guy who's rostered uh, a fair amount, uh, 26.8%, Kareem Hunt, running back for the Browns, looked quite mm. lively against the 49ers yeah, agreed. to me. Agreed. Uh, 12 carries, 44 yards, and um, got himself a touchdown, a little bit of passing work as well. And I just think that with Chubb out there, I mean, there's no reason why he can't come back and take this number one spot, really, over Jerome Ford. Uh, and even if not, there seems to be a decent amount of work going around. So yeah, I think I think Kareem Hunt could uh, could emerge as that Browns number one running back. Yeah, I'd, I'd hammer that one home. I mean, you had Hunt come in off the street and get five carries in two games. They go into the bye week. Uh, they they proper input. They properly implement Hunt into the offense, and he comes out and he has like a kind of classic Kareem Hunt. Uh, game so yeah hundred percent I agree with the Kareem Hunt one absolutely um, teams on a buy this week there's quite a lot Panthers Texans Cowboys Jets Titans Bengals um, let's look forward to week seven yes week seven start it off. As we always do, we forget about it. The players that are locked into your lineup, don't worry about it. Get them in the uh, quarterback: Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Stick with it. Uh, Justin Herbert. Stick with it as well. Forget about it. At the running back position, McCaffrey. If he plays, that is, of course, you're playing him if he plays. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Ken Walker, Alvin Kamara is really good. He looks really good at the minute. Uh, Raheem Mostert, and you know I'm a Swifty, guys. You know I'm a Swifty. It's DeAndre Swift. Forget about it. Wide receiver Tyreek, Adams, Diggs, Amon Rasson Brown, Chris Olave, AJ Brown, Cooper Cope, Keenan Allen. Forget about it. 
and tight end Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Sam Laporte. Forget about it. Disappointing week for Kittle, but we're sticking with him, of course. Breaking news. Breaking news. I better that was. That. Uh, let me guess. Let us guess. Let us guess. Breaking news, guys. Um, is it? I'll, no, no. It's the Eagles have mm. signed a wide receiver. Oh. Who've they signed? Al. Who do you think the Eagles have Can signed? Can you give us a clue? Wait, is it veteran a, wide receiver? Is it a trade or a free agent like acquisition? Free agent, veteran wide receiver. And let us ask one more question. Um, do you think this means anything? No. <laughs> Um, free agent veteran wide receiver it's going to be somebody like um, oh <laughs> like like a Julio Jones or something no Julio Julio is Julio yeah Julio Jones no Sharp- is he retired Julio Jones did he retire I don't know Sharples who do you think uh, I think it's got to be after his back and forth with Jerry Judy uh, Steve Smith Senior Steve Smith Senior, uh, it is actually Steve Smith. No, it's Jerry. Uh, Jerry. No, it's not Jerry Judy. Either. It's Julio Jones. Oh, Julio Jones. Wow. I, wow once wow, upon wow. a time, once upon a time, easily the best receiver in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when I could only think of veteran running backs, and then Jones is the only veteran wide receiver I could think of that's yeah. kind of not on a team. I, yeah, I thought he retired for. No, he's still coming after a ring. Yeah. Um, but moving on, projection beaters, um, guys who who we think you can start who are going to beat the ESPN projection. We'll start with running back this week and Sharples. Uh, yeah, so I already mentioned him, uh, but I've gone for uh, Kareem Hunt, running back for the Browns. Uh, projected a measly eight points this week um, against an Indianapolis team that's not been great against the run. I think it's going to be a sneaky good game, this one. I don't know why, because these two haven't been great, but I think there's going to be points in it. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like Kareem Hunt could have already won the starters job by this point. So given that he's only projected eight, he's a real snip. Uh, yeah, not too, not much more to say other than that. It's a low projection. Let's go in and beat it, Kareem. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with Ramandre Stevenson. Projected 12.6. Stevenson's been... Really hit or miss this year. Um, definitely hasn't been the player that we wanted him to be for fantasy. Probably down to an awful Patriots team whose whose offense is somehow worse than last year. But he's usually through six games has been solid, averaging seventeen opportunities a game, which is right on the money. Exactly what you want from a running back on your starting fantasy team. Um, and you can't ask for much more with a from a player in Stevenson's position who who you know he isn't a Belco back or anything like that. Um, this week he's against the Bills, who have actually been surprisingly generous to to opposing running backs. They've allowed the fifth most rushing rushing yards and fifth most receiving yards to running backs so far this season. Uh, they're giving up a total of 146 scrimmage yards to the position. Patriots, the the heavy underdogs in this game. Um, expectation is as always they're going to be playing from behind like they have done most of the season but with this exploitable run defence that they're facing and Stevenson being sort of undeniably you know one of if not the most talented player on the roster um, they're going to get him involved no matter what the score so I think he's going to be leaned on a lot in this game whatever the game script 
Uh, and I will go Isaiah Pacheco, projected 16.1 versus the Chargers. Whilst it's true that the Chiefs passing game and offense as a whole hasn't been clicking, Pacheco has uh, been really good so far for fantasy. He's running back 12 on the season, in fact, averaging over 15 carries per game and a handful of receptions too. So, as I mentioned before, with my noise... He's established himself as the main guy in the backfield. Now, the Chargers, who the Chiefs are playing, uh, are okay against the run in general, uh, but they're giving up the most receiving yards per game in the NFL through six games. Just look where Tony Pollard scored his points and had his chunk plays last night against them. Uh, Because of this, I was inclined to put McKinnon in here, but actually looking at the numbers, it's Pacheco that's getting all the running back work, that being the receptions as well. So you couple the ability uh, in this game to see more production through the air than he might usually have with a guy in Pacheco that is running downhill at the minute. Um, I think that's a recipe for success. Absolutely. Let's do quarterbacks next. Uh, Sharples? Yeah, so uh, I've gone for Josh Dobbs, uh, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Been a little bit up and down this season. Uh, he projected 15.2. And I noticed that apart from that, he had a really bad game running-wise against Cincinnati. But in his last four games, he's pretty much rushed for 50 yards, which is five points in the bank straight away when he's not even throwing a football. So I'm banking on that. Uh, against a Seattle team that is giving up the 10th most points to quarterback currently. I think it could be a little mini shootout, this one, because I think not great defences. Both got nothing to lose. Both need a win. So I think I think there's going to be plenty of points scored upon it. That plus uh, Josh Dobbs scrambling for a tasty 70 yards and a touchdown. Smash play. 35 points this week, guaranteed. Oh, okay. I do, like, I do really like Josh Dobbs this week, to be fair. Okay. I do like he was almost going to be mine. Amazing. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy, projected 16.8, which I think is outrageous considering he's averaging 17.8 fantasy points so far this year. Um, he's been he's been class. You know, 10 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, everybody this time last week was talking about him in the MVP race, and then he had the worst game of his career this past week against the solid Cleveland Browns defence, which I feel like that defence has more to do with Purdy's performance than not having Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Um, He's a really good player, primed to bounce back. Yes, he might not have those two weapons, but he still has elite weapons in the passing game. Ayuk, Kittle, faces a very beatable Vikings defence this week who are giving up over 19 fantasy points a game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, the odds are of the 49ers, 6.5 favourites. Favoured by 6.5, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, giving them an implied total of 27 points. Could easily surpass that, meaning plenty of fantasy points to go around in what's going to be a get-right game for Purdy and the 49ers. Ooh, nice. Well, and I'm going to go Jordan Love, quarterback for Green Bay, uh, projected 17.8. Again, at Denver, a uh, steep projection, and it was a rough game for uh, Love last time we saw him. Uh, however, what better way to bounce back than facing the Denver Broncos? They mm. are terrible. Um, Love, he's been spinning it this year, to be fair. 
Um, I think we can all agree that the 225 and two per game pace he was on over the first month of the season, it, it was legit compared to how uh, he played against the Raiders last time out. Uh, if you go back and look at the film of that game, one of the interceptions was pretty alarming, but the others you can kind of put down to play design and scheme. Now, on that, I think... Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. He's going to come up with good offensive game plans. So I expect the struggles from the Raiders game to be addressed, um, to have been addressed over the bye week, I should say. Um, and then shifting over to Denver, the playing, this defense just hasn't been the same really since they traded Bradley Chubb last year. You know, the, the pass rush is completely disintegrated. So Love's going to have plenty of time to sit in the po- pocket and uh, hit some strikes downfield. 33 points and 404 yards a game. That's what the Broncos are giving up. You know, they, they, they've they've have four receptions all season. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, I think Love and the Packers are going to absolutely feast here. Big fancy day ahead for him and the Packers' offensive pieces. Nice. Let's get tight end out of the way, Sharples. I'm going for the man which <clears throat> I wanted to take last week and should have and didn't. Uh, Taysom Hill uh, last week he was getting <laughs> 3.6 so he would have had to get negative points for him to be a bust but in fact he went and got himself 12 points something like 8 eight receptions mm. for 40 yards so that was kicking the teeth when Logan Thomas was projected 8 and got 1 so I'm going back to the well going back to the anti-bust brigade Taysom Hill projected 4.5 points a mighty 4.5 points so I literally just need him to turn up and not die and I shouldn't bust <laughs> he's playing. He's playing the long game. Sharps is playing the long game. We're gonna. We're gonna yeah. uh, look at our uh, our kind of uh, grid at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and Sharples is gonna have two busts at the tight end position, but an accumulated twelve points yeah. <laughs> over the entire season. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna go Luke Musgrave. Um, I probably made him my start before, uh, and Alex has as well, probably. Um, He's projected 8.3 this week. Um, you know, take away the Lions game, which <clears throat> Musgrave got knocked out of. He's averaging 8.2 fantasy points per game so far this season. So certainly an achievable projection. Coming up against Denver, who are dead last against tight ends. I mean, they're dead last against a lot of people, to be honest with you. They're giving up 17.3 points to the position. So yeah, Musgrave, plug him in. Uh, and... Now, we went to Sharples' the other night to watch Red Zone, and I remember he said a few weeks ago on this segment that the halls had just been painted, um, and he believes he was high from the fumes. I believe I'm high from the same fumes, because mm. I'm going Kyle Pitts. Wow. Okay. Projected wow, 9.4. Wow, wow. <laughs> Those pity, pity fumes. <laughs> Projected 9.4 at Tampa Bay. Um, he's been good for two weeks in a row. Don't look, but he has. Uh in all seriousness, this offense is hyper-targeting the tight ends. 75 targets on the season so far, to be specific. That's nine ahead of the next closest team. Who's the Chiefs? Who have Travis Kelsey, by the way. Um, so Johnny Smith and Kyle Pitts are being targeted. Uh, great opportunity for Pitts again. And to be honest, if you're in deep deep leagues, put Johnny Smith in. Just do it. The, the, the throwing the ball so much to the tight end. Uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Nice. If I was, if I was, um, you know, uh, 
a bit of a snake like Sharples playing the game, I would have picked Jonu Smith and his like three point projection. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going for upside, I'm going for pits. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we want to actually inform the listeners of who they should start. Nobody is wanting to start Taysom Hill. Well, he got 12 points last week. So if you had, if I had stuck to my convictions, people would have been thanking me. So I feel like I've yeah. earned yes. a, a rap player. And this is my Great. rap player. Okay. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Shaffles, uh, who's your wide receiver? Um, yeah, so I've gone for Drake London, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons. He's been Ooh. slowly upticking. See, Shaffles, I, I heard this team throws the ball to the tight end a lot, though. <laughs> I've heard that too. Uh, I just don't believe it. So, um, Drake London has had, he's, in the last few weeks, he's gone from seven targets to nine targets to a mighty 12 targets last week. Caught nine of those for 125 yards. So, certainly not touchdown dependent. He's projected 12 points uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Buccaneers have been a little bit of a tough team to, to, to predict, um, but I think I think Falcons will need to throw the ball in this game. Hopefully, they won't throw it to Jonu every time, um, and Drake London can slip in for uh, a couple of touchdowns and maybe three, 400 yards. <laughs> um, you two have really, really... Trusting Desmond Ritter here with your picks. Wow, yeah. that is... Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Chris Olave. Projected 13.9. Currently the wide receiver 21. Um, couple of poor performances in week four and five, which could be partially traced back to Derek Carr's shoulder injury that seemed to sort of hamper him for a, a couple of games. Outside of those two games, Olave has seen double-digit targets in the other four games. Um, including this past week where he where he got what is becoming a, a very Chris Olave stat line, uh, seven catches, 96 yards, no touchdowns. Mm. Um, but he is he's the top wide receiver on this offense in talent and usage. Um, he's going to be needed this week against an informed Jags team who are on, on a bit of a roll um, through six... But, um, they have proved to be a bit of a pass funnel defense through six weeks. Um, Jacksonville's numbers on the ground, they, they've been solid, but through the year they've given up 1,622 passing yards, which is the most by any team so far this season, along with nine passing touchdowns. This is a Thursday night game, grim. Uh, the over-under betting odds for this game is 39. Also grim, but... Derek Carr seemingly back to full health, coming off one of his better performances of the season. I, I think this is going to be a competitive game in which Olave is going to be relied upon once again as the team's top passing option. And I'm going to round us off with Christian Watson, projecting 12.5 at Denver. Christian Watson, uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, many of the same points here for what I said about Jordan Love. The Broncos are terrible. They give up a truckload of points weekly. Uh, so I guess why Watson then? Uh, well, he's the wide receiver who can take the top off uh, compared to um, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, and that's what we want for fantasy, you know. His career yards per reception is five higher than Romeo Dobbs, but this season it's more than double Romeo Dobbs's. And Dobbs is a nice, dependable wide receiver, but I want the Watson upside. In this game especially, um, Denver are giving up multiple huge plays per game. I'm just waiting for that uh, that partnership between the quarterback and wide receiver to truly kind of form, guys. I'm feeling an iconic partnership uh, brewing here. You may as well change Jordan Love's last name to Holmes. Jordan Holmes. Holmes and Watson. 
Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Got you. Well done. That bit too high, bro, for you chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> Same, yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. I'm just an uncultured swine. Same. Same. Um, let's, let's, let's get into what we know, though. <laughs> These week seven game tiers, Sharples. Uh, I Come think on. This is, this is the first time ever, boys. Um, I have been trying to be more optimistic, but this is the first time ever where we've got more games in the great and the good than the meh and the bad. Uh, Whoa. Got, yeah, I know. We've got six in the lower tiers and seven in the higher tiers, so hopefully wow. my optimism won't be misplaced. But start with the bad, uh, and they are bad. Uh, Bears, Raiders, Giants, Commanders, and Broncos, Packers. Um, I feel the Broncos Packers game could be fun for for, for like fantasy pieces on the Green Bay side, mm. uh, but I suppose yeah, as a neutral watching the game, maybe yeah, of course yeah. I just think the Broncos make every game automatically bad, um, so they'll be yeah. there for the rest of the Props. season. Uh, into the meh, we've got the Saints and the Jags, Bucks against the Falcons. Aside from Drake London's four hundred receiving yards. Uh, Patriots, Bills, and Colts, Browns. Cool. I think Colts, Browns are two tough teams. That could be a, a, I, a, a, an alright game. I had them in good, and I moved them down. Yeah. I just, I think it's going to be a sneaky good game, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't have, yeah. couldn't have that mm. many in the good category because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in the good, uh, we've got Vikings, Niners, we've got the Ravens, the Lions. Rams versus the Steelers, and hopefully Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Ooh, Battle of the Birds. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah, into the I, great, I, I, I think one's undisputed. One, I think you could argue, is, is just based on met, on past performance. But got the Chiefs Chargers in there and the Eagles against the Dolphins. Yeah, the Chiefs Chargers is an interesting one for me because Chiefs, Chiefs games this year, bet on the under. So I I think that's more of like a good game because yeah. it, this Chiefs defense has been really decent. This could easily just be a, a a bit of a boring, disappointing one to be honest. But yeah, Eagles Dolphins, yeah, that is the game. Oh yeah, and it's on at a time where we can't watch it. Oh yes, I'll just throw it out there as well. I have I in in our league. Um, I have Crystal Avery and Calvin Ridley, who I'm who I'm probably playing this week. I have two players in the Thursday night game, which is terrifying. Oh, wouldn't want that. That I ruins know. your whole weekend. It really that. does. It, it, honestly, this is <sighs> not looking forward to it whatsoever. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm. yeah. Any closing thoughts, lads? Uh, I'm just I'm just happy for Bryce Young. I think I think he's gonna um, come out of this weekend without an embarrassing loss. Because he's on a bye. Yeah. Get in. Get in. That'll do it. Um, yeah. You know, let's look forward to week seven. Cheers for listening. Uh, you know, as always, if you want to get in touch in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com, shoot us an email um, if you think we're idiots or, or you got Alex's Sherlock Holmes joke. Let mm, us know. Everyone did. Mm. Apart from you two. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you after week seven. Enjoy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Get rested, cowboys. Um, Crabs also appear at a whale carcass. Okay. Great. Yeah.
Thank you very much. Jill and Waddle, dear. <laughs>